all to another episode of Analytics Week Leadership Podcast. Today we have with us Jody Cosmo, who is a Chief Analytics Officer for Innova International. Uh, a brief intro. So uh, Jody Cosmo is the Chief Analytics Officer of Innova International, where he leads a multidisciplinary analytics team providing end-to-end data and, and analytics services to Innova's global online uh, financial service brands. And delivering real-time predictive analytics services to clients through Innova's decisions. Prior to Innova, Joe served as Director and Practice Leader of Advanced Analytics for West Monroe Partners and held a number of executive positions at Harvey Global Solutions and the Alland Group. He is also immediate uh, past president of uh, Chicago Chapter for American Statistical Association and serves on the advisory uh, board of University of Illinois, Chicago's College of Business. So Joe, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Vishal. I'm glad to be here. So I think definitely a very good uh, uh, background. So love to know what all I have missed. So it's, it's, it's a very brief snippet of your long uh, career through data and, and, and analytics. So love to know your journey, your current role and all that. So sure. if you can shed some light on, light on that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, that is an ab- abbreviated version of my, uh, of my journey here. Um, started my career actually in 1987 at Argonne National Laboratory here in Chicago. Um, so I've been at uh, analytics for a long time. I uh, was a graduate student studying economics at the time with focus on econometrics which is very natural, obviously, uh, lead into predictive analytics and, and advanced analytics. Um, did that for a few years, and then I changed uh, gears, decided to get into industry, and got into um, the uh, telco industry, where I was doing pricing and, and forecasting work, uh, and then from there, uh, got into marketing analytics and uh, analytic consulting. So really started my analytic consulting career in the early 90s, um, which led to starting my own business called DeCosman Associates that I ran for 10 years and sold to the Alant Group in uh, 2005. So, you know, I've been in pseudo-academic research at Argonne, then into private industry, and then into consulting um, for really the last uh, 20 years. Um, ultimately landing here at Innova in January of 2014. Interesting. Definitely. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. So now let's talk about um, your role with uh, Innova International. So you are Chief Analytics Officer there. So what does that really mean? What does that encapsulate? Uh, what do you do there? Yeah. So analytics here at Innova is really a, a core of our business. So we make loans online in the U.S. and then five countries around the world. Um, all of it is uh, based on our ability to accurately predict risk uh, and credit risk in particular uh, accurately. Um, so analytics is really the core of our products, the core of our service, coupled with um, really state-of-the-art technology for the online sort of e-commerce experience. So my role as chief analytics officer is to, is to ensure that we are um, have the right uh, teams and data and models in place to be able to do that. It starts with um, fraud prevention. So as an online lender, we have fraudsters that are um, 
are visiting us every day, so we have to have solid analytics to fight fraud and, and verify that our borrowers are legitimate. Then through the credit, this credit and lending decision, all the way through um, the ultimate customer service we provide on, to our customers on an ongoing basis. It's a large team. I have 52 folks. Um, it's the second largest team here at Innova. Uh, our software engineering team is the largest, about twice the size, and then analytics is the second largest team. Um, the CAO role is new. It did not exist before I got here um, at Innova, but analytics was always a core part of the business. Interesting. Um, so I think you, you you discussed about credit risk and, and, and fraud prevention. So what exactly is, is like, so what's chief analytics officer's role in that? So would you, uh, so are you the one who approves uh, the models? Or are you the one sort of who dictates the business problems? And so if you can shed some light on that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it, it's my first role is to make sure we have a good handle and line of sight to the, the business problems and the challenges that each of our brands face, right? We have 11 brands around the world that we support. And so making sure I understand their needs well, both today and looking out into the future, and then making sure we have the right people and data and technology in place to be able to solve those. Once the actual modeling work and analytics work is being done, we have leaders below me on the team who make sure that um, models are reviewed and deployed accurately and that the, um, the problems are being, uh, being solved as we expected. Um, I keep oversight over all of that and uh, have responsibility for some of the policies we put in place. But the day-to-day -day work, then the teams are then engaging with our business, uh, our business owners to get the the analytics and the models and the data deployed. Interesting. And and how much of of your uh, your role is outfacing versus in-facing? Like how much of your activity you really focus on on helping, say, Innova's client versus helping Innova itself? Yeah. So I'd say that the most of my time is spent uh, internal making sure that we're supporting our 11 brands as best we can and continuing to grow and, and grow those businesses profitably and, and effectively. Um, so that, that's the, the, the majority of my time that I spend. However, having we went public two years ago, so we're now a, a publicly traded company. Um, we also have a, a, a analytics as a service brand called Innova Decisions, which maybe we can talk about a little bit as well. So I, I spend some of my time as well talking to um, investors, talking to uh, other folks that are, are looking at Innova um, uh, from an investment perspective, and then also at Innova Decisions, um, talking to folks who are interested in working with us for analytic solutions. Interesting. So yeah, so why don't we talk about Innova Decisions? Because I think I was, I was briefly researching on the website. And, and I came across this and love to know what Innova yeah. Decision is and what's your role in that is. That would be awesome. Yeah, so really, really, it's really exciting for us. So we launched Innova Decisions right in January of this year. So it's our newest brand. Um, and it is our, uh, uh, what we're trying to do there is to offer our analytic and technology expertise to other companies as a service around predictive analytics and real-time decision-making. So if you think about Innova, we're a 12-year-old company. We've grown up to be a publicly traded large international company with 11 brands around the world. We've built 
really world-class analytics and a world-class infrastructure for deploying and acting on those models in real time with customers. And so uh, Enova Decisions is now our, us taking that capability and really commercializing it and offering up to others uh, as well. Been very successful so far. We've got um, a handful of clients that have already signed on with us and are in, uh, in production and a few others that were in early stage of, of um, onboarding them and getting their models built and them running in production as well. So um, really, really exciting for us. Um, gives us another way to think about our analytics and how we build and, and deploy analytics not only for ourselves but for other, other companies. And, and is, is there any sweet spot um, when, it, when, it, when it comes to sort of what innovative decisions can cater to? Like is there any sweet spot of like uh, industry vertical all horizontal that you guys care? Yeah, there, so there are a few industry verticals that we are um, initially engaging in, um, but more broadly what we're focused on is wherever there's a real-time decision that needs to be made with a customer, right? So if you're a, a telco company and, and maybe a wireless company and at some point their contract's coming up for renewal, you need to make a decision about um, a new contract or about a retention to be able to do that in real time while you're on live with the customer that's something we want to be a part of and we think we can we can support so really it's all about a real-time customer decision customer interaction and supporting that having said that um, clearly lending so our, our heritage and, and legacy is in is in lending so we're um, uh, we're obviously talking to folks in in the lending industry where how we can help them and taking advantage of our credit expertise and fraud expertise. Um, and then a few other industries, uh, telco is one uh, it, that we're very interested in and have a few engagements going uh, going right now. Primarily wireless uh, telco, but, um, but it's an area that's very, we think is very rich for real-time predictive analytics and decision making. Interesting, interesting. And um, so, is, it, so is, it, it is, so is it kind of a center of excellence uh, for for data analytics solutions or or it's like a or it's like a product tool that someone could could use um, from the architecture framework point of view yeah you're talking about innova decisions yes yeah yeah so innova decisions is really a service right okay. we we offer it as a analytics as a service as a transactional okay. service so we're not seeking to be an analytics department for a company what we're seeking to be is is a partner to, to take advantage of a real-time infrastructure that's already been built out and, and deploy that for your business so your business can take advantage of it. Uh, but we're not, seeking to be a, we're not seeking to be an analytics department for, uh, for our clients. Okay. Well, I think definitely it's, a, it's, it's definitely good to, good to know when, whenever any business decide to sort of uh, bundle up their best practices and, and offer them as a service and product to the client, and that will be really helpful. Yeah. So, and I we think, you know, that. just one, I, one last comment I make on that is that, you know, we've invested, you know, years and millions of dollars to get to this infrastructure, right? And so um, it's a big effort, right? If a company doesn't have, if real-time analytics and real-time decision-making isn't part of a company's um, service right now and, and capability right now, it's a big effort and a big investment to build that out. And so that's, you know, the other conversation we have with our clients is that we've got the, the 
service and the infrastructure built, now you can take advantage of it. And you don't have to go through the multi-year, multi-million dollar uh, build that we went through for our own, uh, for our own business. Interesting. Uh, that's interesting. So one thing that definitely I'm, I, I would be interested in is um, as an as a, as a analytics executive, right? So what are some of the depths and the breadth of the decision making that you do, right? So what are some of the, uh, like how deep do you indulge and sort of how broad you go um, in, in, yeah. in, in your current role? Yeah. So in my role, the, the decisions I'm really focused on are a couple of things. One is making sure that we're clear in our priorities and focused on the right projects for the business. And the projects that are most impactful to our, our business partners, our brands here at Innova, so that's number one. So really focus and prioritization. Number two is making sure we have the best talent we can get. Right. So we're here in Chicago. We have a large analytics team here. We're, we're becoming more well-known as an analytics uh, employer here in the city and making sure that we've got the best team on the field that we can get to, to provide and, and the analytics that we need going forward. So that I'm, I'm heavily involved in, um, in recruiting and staffing for the teams and making sure we have the right, uh, not just the right amount of folks, but the right types of folks um, in their roles. And then the last piece is really, I would say, technology and data, right? Making sure we've got the right technology that we need to do our, our jobs well and provide service well. Uh, and then uh, always on the lookout for new and interesting sources of data that can add value to our decision making. So uh, think of fraud as an example. Fraud's an area where there's constantly new data sources coming available, new vendors coming available. We want to make sure that we're taking time to look at those, uh, those data sources. And, and testing them and uh, figuring out, finding things that can add value to our analytics for our, our brands. Interesting. No, I think that's definitely a good point. So um, um, I think one thing that, that I do here, that we do here about uh, uh, nowadays is um, chief analytics officer, chief data officer and, and data scientist uh, or chief data scientist. So like I want to have your perspective on what do you think uh, these word or these roles mean uh, to you or from your lens. Um, so if you can if you can sort of shed some light on that, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. It's interesting because you, you see the, the you see the roles more and more coming up. Yeah. Um, but what's also interesting to me is you see a lot of different organizational structures where a chief data officer may report to the chief information officer, or the chief technology officer, or the chief analytics officer may report to the chief marketing officer. You see a lot of, of things like that. Um, here at Innova, I report directly to the CEO. So we are our own uh, department, and uh, and I'm a equal member of the executive team with the other officers of the company. Um, so having said that, um, I think those roles, whether you call it a CDO or CAO, I think the roles are here to stay. I think it's more uh, important than ever to have a member of the executive team that is focused on the, uh, the data a company has and how that data gets used for, for the business. Um, so 
I think that I think you're going to see more and more of these roles, and and they're here to stay. And I personally believe they should be they should report directly to the CEO and be um, uh, be an equal member of the of the executive team. That it's hard to find a business today where data and then getting value out of that data through analytics is not a critical part of the business going forward. Right. Um, so that's yeah. So that, that's that's my view. I think we're still evolving, um, and companies are sort of figuring that out. But um, but it's, I think the pace is definitely picking up. Well, I think that's evolve. that's that's well said. And even like when we we talk to a lot of businesses, we hear a lot about um, uh, this entanglement of chief analytics officer, data office, uh, chief data officer, and chief data scientist, and who reports to who and how the data munching happens, and who owns the analysis, who owns the data. So that's it's 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 a big cultural battle. So before I get in, 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 into the cultural aspect of it, so um, like from from your perspective, right? So who do you do you own the data, uh, or 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 you have to interact with? Like, do you guys have chief data officer or chief data scientist, whatever that matters, like, and, and you engage with them, or you pretty much take the data under your belt, which is also some of the yeah. in some of the companies that's a model yeah. too. So we do we do not have a, a chief data officer also. So in my role as CAO, I also own um, what we call data services, which is data warehousing. People think about that more traditionally, and then um, business intelligence, as well as all the advanced analytics and predictive analytics we need for fraud, credit, etc. So I own the data um, the, the the data from end to end. Um, however, in a company like ours, in most um, uh, sort of e-commerce companies. We're essentially an e-commerce, you know, tech company. At the end of the day, um, data really exists in two places, right? We have data. Our data exists in our front-end systems for customer support and and customer interactions, and then it support it exists in in the back-end systems for business use, right? So data in the front end and and the engineering and responsibility for that data it resides with our chief technology officer and our software engineering teams. We then take that data, we, we, we consume that data out of the production systems into a data infrastructure for business use, and that's what I own from that point forward. It works very, very well, and it's been a very successful, that's new for us since I got right. to Enova, and that's worked very, very successfully for us and the key to that working well is having a tight integration and connection with the front end engineering teams. So just as they have a, uh, a team of data engineers on the front end, they work directly with our data engineers on the back end so that everything is seamless and um, changes on the front end, don't break things on the back end and vice right. versa. Interesting. So now let's let's get into in, into the one of the more sort of primal aspect in, in in having a successful data analytic execution strategy yeah. is to having the culture right fixing the culture problem. Yeah. How like what are some of the challenges that you see on the cultural perspective that that sort of you have to overcome, um, and and sort of some of the best practices that how you have overcome that and I think that will that will be good to know. Yeah. So. Um... I'd say first of all, uh, and I always tell my peers this when I'm out at conferences and other places or when I'm speaking, is that I consider myself incredibly fortunate to, 
to be at Enova. Enova is a place where analytics is one of the cores of the business, analytics and technology. Those are the cores of the business, and it has been that way since the beginning, 12 years ago. Uh, everyone at Enova understands and appreciates the value of analytics, and we're involved in virtually every decision that is made individually with our customers and and broader decisions in the business. So I don't have, I'm in a, in a culture here that just embraces analytics, you know, overall. I like to say that we have an analytics team, but really we're all analysts at Innova. Everybody is is focused on data and and um, answering questions through, an, through analysis and not through intuition. So that's number one. I'm very fortunate there. But having said that, in my consulting career, um, I think the biggest challenges you see it, it are just this um, this battle between um, folks who rely on deep business knowledge and and intuition versus those who want to make decisions based on what the data tells us. And I think while that that divide still exists, I think it's getting less. I think, you know, both sides are appreciating each other a little more, but that you can see that cultural tug of war, I think, still in a lot of in a lot of companies. Um, you also have um, I think challenges around just organizationally and politically where companies can't get really clear yet on who owns what, right? Who owns the data, who owns the analysis of that data, who owns the decision making based on that data. So I think there's some organizational challenges folks still um, still have to figure out uh, for sure. Um, in terms of what I see works well um, are, are a couple things. One is I always tell folks, my advice is always to, when, you, when you're starting an analytics in an analytics leadership role or you're starting an analytics team is to think big but start small, right? So have a big vision, have a, have a vision for analytics and where you want to go with analytics, but start very tactically with your business partners and find projects that, um, that number one, can be, you think can be solved with data and with analytics, but also would have a meaningful material impact on the business and find those uh, those projects and and execute those and deliver on those and start to build some momentum um, for the analytics function and the analytics role. It's sort of a bottoms up kind of a grassroots approach which um, I believe works much better than top down let's sort of have a, a identify a big project enterprise-wide project as the starting point and get that solved and then we'll solve all these business problems along the way. I think the other way works much better. Right. Um, uh, the other thing I would say is you have to get the, the, your peers and the business to believe in and adopt a test and learn mindset. Is that analytics at the end of the day is all about building, testing a solution, iterating on that solution, and, and sort of driving incremental value over time rather than the big splash. You know, everyone wants the big quick win, but that doesn't always happen that way, right? And so I think um, what I always say to my team and, and others outside is you have to get the mindset of 
there's no failures, there's just results, right? That if you try something and it doesn't work, um, that doesn't mean you failed, doesn't mean that the solution failed, it just means now you have to think about what, what do you do next. So it's thinking like a scientist, thinking like an inventor, um, you know, who uh, looks at a, a failure as um, a learning to do something different next, right? right. And so that's a, a, a big cultural shift I think a lot of companies have to make and, and to get comfortable with that, that not everything's going to work, not everything's going to be a success off the, uh, you know, from the, the start. And so adopting that iterative test and learn mindset and getting others to understand it is really, uh, really critical. And what are some of the, so I think, again, very well put, because uh, start small, show your success, and then uh, I think from that build build on your reputation. I think that's, that's uh, you couldn't have said any, any better on that. But I think one thing that, that we definitely do hear about from, from the folks, from the bottom-up approaches, hey, my leadership is not, on the same page. Like I want to use data for decision making, but many times um, they are the bottleneck or sort of uh, their adoption of these new capabilities because every every day comes with its own new keyword that these guys have to cope up with. So now, yeah. and businesses cannot just move on like on a single day basis. So how to sort of, so what are some of the, some of the um, ideas or thoughts that you have to convince the leadership on sort of getting okay, and I think you rightly put that uh, having that test mentality that hey, test it out and then don't don't sort of be stuck on on the failures because that's all learning. But like, what are what are some of the things that that you could suggest to leaders to sort of adopt these capabilities and and give sort of folks or, or create this uh, bottom up culture of of like data driven being data driven. Yeah. It's a great question, and I actually think um, some of it has to do with, you know, that first of all, it starts with the leader, right? The leader has to buy into this idea that um, a series of small projects um, will get you to an end result more quickly than one big monster project, right? So that that's number one. I think that... Um, they have to buy into that. The way the way I've seen it, the way we've done it here, and actually our example of um, on the data side, we have a very good example of this. Um, it's important that the leader be able to lay out what the big picture vision is going to be, right? So what do you want? It, what's your end state that you're after in 12 months, 24 months? Um, and then work with your team to identify a series of projects and engagements you can have with the business side that support, that move you along that roadmap to the end state. So what we had, our example here at Innova is um, we wanted to build a new uh, data warehouse for the company. Um, a few attempts have been made at this in the past, sort of the traditional top-down, you know, we're going to design the perfect data warehouse that solves everybody's requirements and, and all the business needs. And then we're going to build it. We're going to come back to you in 24 months, have it, or 18 months, whatever it is. And and here it is. Voila, your data warehouse is here and built. That was tried a few times and it, and it failed. What we did was we took a very different tact in starting in the summer of 2014. Um, I sat down with our data services team and the leadership, 
And we said, where do we want to be in, in 12 months? We wanted to have what we call the enterprise information store. So we don't even call it a data warehouse here to know, but we don't want to use those terms because there's a little bit of legacy behind that. Right. And so we want to get to a point where we've got an information store where we can look at all of our businesses and our data in one place and have consistent data, consistent measurements, KPIs, dashboards, etc. Then we backed up and we said, okay, to get there, let's identify a series of um, projects where we're solving business stakeholder problems for them, delivering value to the business at each step of the way, um, but not painting this grand scheme. We knew how all these projects would snap together at the end into a, a enterprise information store and, and dashboards, et cetera, but we never sort of made, that, made the business stakeholders aware of that. We just focused on solving their problems, right? So they got a data mart, they got their reports, they got their dashboard in six weeks, then they're happy, now we move on right. to the next. So make one team happy, get their stuff built out, move to the next team, get that built out. And we knew when we, when we knocked off enough of these teams and enough of these projects that we'd be able to snap this together into the, into the large uh, information store the enterprise information store. And so that's the approach we took. So we had an end state and an end goal, and we knew ourselves what individual projects we wanted to pursue to get to that end state, and then we executed against that. Business owners got value along the way, and, um, and then we got to where we wanted to be at the end of the, at the uh, 12 months. I think that's 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 a perfect playbook. I think this, this is one of the very good playbook to follow, uh, to sort of uh, sort of take the businesses with you and, and create the small goals and start delivering everyone. And I think so, keeping the keeping the high road, taking the high road as well as sort of keeping sort of these small deliverables or small successes along the way. I think that's that's a, that's a beautifully put. So uh, now, yeah, sorry. Uh, one last comment on that is we had a big road. We had our big roadmap for the team. Yeah. We never published that roadmap. Oh, we didn't publish it to the executive team. We didn't, you know, make a big splash and a big announcement at the start. We kept that roadmap to ourselves, and we knew where we, at each step, we knew we were, where we were at on that roadmap, and then at the end, we announced the system, right? Our announcement at the end was, we have an enterprise information store. It wasn't that we're building one. And so it was... Yes. Uh, it worked very, very well and got adoption, and, and now it's just building on itself. Uh, it's been a, been a huge success here. Interesting. In Interesting. No, I think definitely, definitely a good strategy to follow. So uh, now let's talk about um, the industry-level perspectives, right? So, so yeah. basically you deal with some client work or some clients as well. So definitely interested in learning about what are some of the challenges that, as a, as a, that some businesses that you come across are facing and and sort of how uh, like how an analytics is solving those problems. Like, what are some of the some of the challenges that you are seeing from for their adoption of these capabilities? Yeah. So, in, in terms of challenges of adoption of these capabilities, I, I see really a, a couple of key challenges. One is um, just the, the competition for talent is higher than it's ever been. Certainly, in my almost you know, 25-year-plus career, it's higher than it's ever been. 
um, competition for analytics, uh, analytics talent and data science talent. Uh, so that's number one. You know, you have to you have to be aggressive in, in recruiting and and getting your message out. And um, for me, it's about becoming a. Uh, I want to become an employer of choice, right? I want analytics professionals in Chicago to think about Innova as as a, a place they want to be, right? So it helps our, our recruiting. Um, so that's number one. Talent is always always a challenge, and anyone, whether you're mature in this space or just building it out, is going to face that uh, that challenge. Uh, the other thing, I think a lot of companies just have um, infrastructure challenges, right? So they've got um, legacy systems and legacy processes and um, and other things that they have to overcome uh, to really get to state-of-the-art analytics and and real-time decisioning and all those kind of things that I think modern modern business requires. Uh, and then the last piece I think is is there's so much technology out there now is figuring out how to be focused on what you want to achieve and then um, sort of keeping the noise out so you can really focus on the technologies that help you the most and, and move you forward. But it's um, it's really, it's quite astonishing these days how much technology and, and tools and um, you know different ways of doing uh, of doing analytics and building analytics infrastructure these days much more complex than uh, in the past. Tools are greater, uh, right. but you have a lot more to, you have a lot more to choose from, and and, and uh, uh, a lot more choices to make. I think that definitely some some good points because I think one thing that we also hear from our end a lot is um, some of the anxiety that businesses share is um, um, that. How could they uh, basically expanding? Um, so how to get started? So if if you're a business, you want to do something. What are and and these these like they are roles that you can hire for. They are sort of capabilities that you could you could acquire. But many times businesses are not even sure um, how successful these capabilities are because these are like very long term plans and they don't sort of adhere well to their short term goals and successes. And many of us are, as a human, we sort of are very short, short-term, goal-focused people. So yeah. it's very difficult for sort of um, many of the professionals to sort of be that far-sighted and say, "Hey, okay, I need a data scientist, or I need at least." So I think one thing definitely that that we see a lot is this counsel that the businesses say, "Okay, let me lend my own people and sort of add some charter, and they'll do some kind of data yeah. munching, and then from there on." Let the let the council bubble up. So, what's your perspective on that? Like, what are some of the hacks that uh, a very early sort of uh, early in its game uh, business could adopt to sort of start building uh, their their data driven capabilities? Yeah. So, I mean, you can probably guess from some of my other answers. I mean, I'm uh, I always sort of err towards being more pragmatic than um, uh, than not, and so. I always tell folks, and I used to tell folks in my consulting days, that you really need to work backwards. So start with, you know, what is the business problem you're trying to solve, and what answer are you seeking? And then if you have that answer, how will you use it in your business? So understand sort of the end state 
first, understand that well. Then work backwards from there. Okay, given that end state, what kind of analytics do I need? Do I even need a, a, a predictive model? Maybe not. Maybe you just need some descriptive insights to be able to achieve that outcome. Um, then what data do I have to work with? What data do I need? And what gaps do I have in that data? The last piece, really the, 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 the last question I think when you're starting this way that you, you really should address is the technology, the methodology, those kind of things, right? And often what I see is that folks work the other way around. They want to focus first on my data is a mess. I have all this data. I need to build an infrastructure that, that fixes that then I'm going to need to build models. Don't know what models I need yet, but I'm going to need to build some models. So I need some, you know, I need to hire some folks who have that capability or find someone who can do that. And they sort of get to the business problem last or the, the business application last. And I always say flip that on a test, right? Flip it around, work backwards from the business um, need and how that answer will be used in the business and then work backwards from there. But more I have to tell you, I see I see it, it happening still yes. happening the other way around. Folks are figuring out do I need, you know, open source tools and, and a Hadoop cluster before I even know how what the problem is, right? This what the problem is or how, yeah. how the business is I going to use it. it. Yeah. And I think very well put. And and we we see that a lot. I think definitely it's a it's a very nicely put. So um, now let's talk about some of the trends, right? So some of the things that that uh, that fascinates you, or are you actually very optimistic about, or very pessimistic about? So I think I definitely want to have your perspective on um, some of the like some of the overused technologies that you say, hey, it's way it's way overused, and let now let's get past that. So do you have any perspective on that? Well, I I don't know if it's technology as much as just sort of. Um, language and and um, terms I think you know you can probably sense I mean big data I think is a, is a, a term that's kind of overused now and really has become really in my mind become kind of meaningless um, we all have a lot of data that we have to work with um, so we have to figure out how to work with that data but the term big data itself sort of you know isn't very helpful um, anymore um, I think that um, uh, you know machine learning. There, there's machine learning is kind of hitting that point to me a little bit. I feel like there's um, becoming a little bit of an overemphasis on on machine learning. Not every analytic solution needs to be a self-learning algorithm, um, and, in some, and in some cases it shouldn't be, and and you don't want it to be. Um, and I feel like there's starting to be sort of this. Um, overemphasis on on machine learning as well that can be a little dangerous um, for folks. Um, there's plenty of times where a a simple regression model will serve just fine for a, a problem you need to solve. Um, so I think that's an area as well that that gets to be a little dangerous. Um, in terms of tools. Um, you know, we like the open source tools. We're primarily an open source company here at 
Enova from our front end systems all the way through our um, analytics uh, operations. Uh, but I believe in sort of a healthy mix of some uh, open source and perhaps some licensed tools if you need it. Um, we have a couple licensed uh, analytics software tools here as well, but more and more our teams are working in R and, and Python um, and, and using the open source tools as well. Um, they've gotten to the point where, you know, um, nobody should be hesitant about mm. using open source analytics tools these days. You know, it used to be 15 years ago in, in my career, I think everyone was sort of skeptical about open source and, and all that, but no one should be skeptical anymore these days. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the way to get things done, and, and we use a combination of, of open source and licensed right. software um, in our team here. Interesting. I think so. Machine learning do give me uh, send me to a, a, a kind of a philosoph philosophical perspective. So uh, we we hear a lot about. I think uh, last week I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, and, and there was a huge debate on how machine learning could kill the art, and sort of it brings the science. So how can yeah. sort of you you and and, and in many businesses, art is what is your differentiate, differentiating factor? And now you're saying, hey, my science is, but now everyone knows science somehow. So then it's public and everyone knows your, your secret sauce. So what is your perspective on sort of how analytics is, is pulling um, sort of businesses towards more science or, or how, how, like, what's your, what's your take on that? Uh, so, uh, look, I think it will always be, successful analytics will always be a mix of art and science. And I think that sounds a little, little cliche, but it's just reality, right? I mean, I think the art of it is, is is really the business problem side of it, right? Understanding the business and, and, and the business impact of the solution is really the art of it. And then the science is then figuring out what you need to build to achieve that, that business outcome. Um, I still think it, it's very much uh, a, almost really an equal mix of those two things. Um, certainly when we look at our, how we build our teams and how we recruit folks to Innova, we want folks that bring, um, bring both sides to the table. So we want folks that can, can um, bring good business acumen and can solve a business problem, but also have solid, uh, solid technical skills to back that up. If someone's a, a um, off the charts, you know, data scientist, um, Python programmer, analyst, whatever, if they can't solve a business problem, we're not going to hire them, right? We won't let um, hard technical skills, um, uh, that's not enough for us, right? It's not enough for us to be a member of our team. You have to bring some level of business understanding and business acumen to the table too. Uh, to really be to really get on the team here and then be successful here at Anova, um, so well, I, and I don't see that I don't see that changing, you know, uh, anytime soon. No matter how advanced we get on the on the science side. No, I think definitely um, well put. And and actually, we are almost hitting our hitting our mark. So I'll I'll not bug you more. So let me ask you one one sort of final parting thought on that. So if, if sort of uh, for, let's take a case for budding uh, CEOs or budding entrepreneurial uh, analytics leaders. 
so what are like three core things that you suggest to those guys uh, or gals like what should they do um, to sort of succeed in in, in this profession so uh, um, a couple things I, I think one is obviously you have to have sound technical understanding right you need to understand the, the types of analytics your team is using and how it how it's being used. Now, I don't write code anymore, and if I do, that's a problem. Um, but you know, our teams need to be doing that. But um, but still, I need to be able to understand why they're choosing a certain methodology or approach to solving a problem, and help you know provide some guidance there. So I think I think understanding the the technical work is important. Then I think obviously building that solid business understanding and relationship, right? So being able to engage, building the skills to be able to engage with, with your non-technical counterparts, hmm. right? So you can sit at, you know, across the table from your CFO or, or your chief operations officer and understand what they need, what they're asking for, and how analytics can help solve that, right? So be able to, to under, have that business understanding and communication um, with the business. I would say the last thing is to get out and um, get active in your industry, right? So um, I've always been active on, um, on professional associations and, and industry associations. Um, obviously in, in here, the Chicago um, chapter of the American Stats Association, being president of that. But Getting active outside of your company in some type of an organization, whether it's analytics or industry oriented, uh, to help give you that broader perspective, right? And understand the broader perspective of what the industry is facing and what the industry may need and what, um, you know, say academics or, or academia or others are, are uh, dealing with as well. And I think that really gives you that full perspective to um, to bring that value to your company and bring that leadership to your company, right? You can build and run a good team. You can engage with your business owners and solve their problems effectively. And you understand the external um, environment as well so that you can, um, you know, either address industry problems or help be a part of, you know, producing the next generation of, of analytics talent. Um, so that would be my my advice to someone who's looking to to uh, build a long term career and and get a leadership role in in analytics. Well, I think that's that's uh, couldn't have been put better put up better. So definitely, I do appreciate um, your time and loved chatting with you. You've been and thank you so much for being so candid and and sort of sharing your playbook sharing sort of how uh, a budding sort of uh, analytics professional can can do to learn things love to have you again on the show uh, to discuss how things have been turning up and thank you so much i truly appreciate your time yeah no you're welcome i enjoyed it as well and we should do a, a check-in in a few months i'd be happy sure. to uh, have another conversation thank you so much okay thank you Vishal. Uh, I thought I was sick of home, but actually I was homesick Never really knew that I would have to grow up so quick I'm so uncomfortable, don't know anybody here Just a 
couple dudes that I met once, that's it. that's it. And I go into the booth feeling nervous. Got butterflies in my stomach like I'm so worthless. Is the mic on? I don't know how to work this. Inside I'm breaking down. I hope I'm not up on a certain